Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Marley Jacks, and we're going to explore how to use YouTube videos to generate sales and leads. If you've always wondered how in the world can I use YouTube to actually grow my business and really get qualified leads, you're going to love this episode. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now let's transition over to this week's interview with Marley Jacks. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Marley Jacks. If you don't know who Marley is, she's a YouTube marketing expert. Her agency helps entrepreneurs create great video content and generate leads with YouTube. She's also hosted the VIP Code podcast, and her program is called YouTube Lead Machine. Marley, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Michael. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. Today, Marley and I are going to explore using YouTube videos to generate organic leads. Now, before we go there, Marley, I want to hear your story. How'd you get into video marketing? How'd you get into marketing in general? Start wherever you want to start. We can't wait to hear your story. (laughs) Sure. Totally by accident. I did not grow up thinking that I was going to be doing YouTube stuff. I mean, YouTube wasn't even around when I was growing up. I started actually as a dental hygienist, and I knew that I didn't want to be a dental hygienist for my whole life when I grew up, but it was a you know career I picked for the time. Before that, I worked a little bit in radio and television and event management. And in those jobs, I was always doing social media for the events that we were hosting or the concerts we were producing, celebrities that we worked with. 
uh, which is really fun. And when I, you know, there's a lot of burnout in that industry in, in radio and television. So I went to dental hygiene because it was, you know, my, my backup plan and it was, you know, it was good for the time being, but it's not very creative. You can only do so much cleaning instead of teeth day after day. And having conversations with people that have stuff in their mouth isn't exactly ideal, right? It's really a one conversation while my hands are in their mouth. So I had to find ways to, you know, find my creative outlet. So I started doing the social media for the dental office. And I was doing pretty well. Like I was just telling the stories of what was going on. Like I made up a little story about our office goldfish or what happened to the dental hygienist over the weekend. And it started getting like some good responses. And then some other offices nearby or the IT guy at the dental office came to me and said like, hey, can you do social media for my stuff and for some of my other clients? Well, next thing I know, he's referred me to all of his clients and I have a business. Like I have to figure out like, how can I- And when was this? Just so people like give us a year approximately. This was 2015, 2016. Okay. And so I kind of just did it on the side and it was to the point where like I would run to the bathroom and hide in the bathroom with my phone, posting social media content for my clients in between patients and finally got to the point where I was like, I think I could really go all in on this and make this a career. Crazy. Okay. So, so keep going with the story. I mean, cause obviously somewhere along the line, so you're in the dental hygienist bathroom, right? Posting <laughs> for your clients and stuff, but somewhere along the line, you decided that, okay, I'm going to start a business and ultimately get into the things you're doing now. So keep going with the story. Yeah. So I, I was getting more and more clients. I started reducing my hours at the office until I eventually just left dental for good. And I know my poor parents were like, are you sure? Like it's a good career and it's a real job. Luckily, I, I think I, I think I've proven it to my parents. They're like, hey, this is a really good, really good career too. So I, I had a whole bunch of clients and they were often asking me similar questions. And so instead of answering the same question over and over, I started making some YouTube videos answering some questions, like even things like, how do I put text on these images? Or how do I sell something on Instagram, whatever. And so I made a YouTube video about it, just answering the question so that next time someone asked, I could just send the video. Well, it wasn't just my clients who were looking for those answers. I started getting views and subscribers from people all over the world and people that would email me and ask like, hey, can you help me with this thing too? And so I saw the success in creating content, just sharing the information that I knew the answers to. And then so I thought, huh, can I do that again? And can I do this for my clients, like teach them how to do it in their businesses. And then so my little social media, like local business, social media business started growing into, I started taking on clients like authors and coaches and consultants and other agencies or e-commerce. And I started to fly to them to film their content because sometimes we'd be like, hey, can you film this and send it to me? And, you know, they're busy. So we, we created a strategy where we would batch film their content and I would fly to them and we'd film six months of content in three days. Wow. Um, but I got to a place where like I was flying one place to another. I was never home and just decided to go all in on just building a YouTube agency. And, and now it's what it is today. Now we have a studio that clients fly to us and we can either install it in their team or do it for them. So you decided to build an agency and tell us a little bit about what you're doing today now. I mean, you mentioned that you guys have your own little studio and just tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you've been doing in the last year or two, if you will. Yeah, basically, we teach businesses how to turn their content into a lead generation and fame machine that it's spreading their message for them around the world, around the clock, perpetually. 
it's like it's like these little salesmen, these videos that are evergreen traffic assets that we post on on YouTube, utilizing YouTube as a search engine, and turn that into micro content for Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And basically, it's creating this content that's generating leads for you, like I said, and it doesn't sleep when you do. So like content that I made when I first started back in 2016 is still up there and generating leads for me. And so showing marketers, showing businesses how they can create content that really goes to work for them and that the content is going to be pushed out by the platforms for them. It's just, it's an incredible ROI opportunity for any business. You mentioned earlier that you used to be involved in some capacity with radio and TV. So just out of curiosity, what were you doing back then? And did any of those skills end up applying to what you're doing now? Totally. Yeah. And it's it's funny how I feel like at some level, we we turn our hobbies into careers. When I was a kid, I would steal my dad's video camera and make little vlogs. They weren't called vlogs at the time. There wasn't YouTube at the time, but I would document our weekend and turn into a video or pretend I was the news reporter and share news around the neighborhood. And so that's kind of what I did in radio and event management is I was reporting what was going on at concerts and at events. And uh, I lived in Toronto at the time. And so there was the Toronto International Film Festival. And I would get to go up there and meet celebrities and built a lot of relationships with paparazzi, which was really interesting. I would, you know, turn that into content, put that on social media, put it on our website, turn it into videos, and really build relationships with people and then build a platform for them. Uh, I was working in event management after radio. And a lot of the people that line my bookshelves today, like those were the speakers that I was backstage with, running them around in their green room, getting them on stage. It was cool that I was able to learn from them at a young age before I knew that I was really going to go into this and be able to, like Gary Vaynerchuk was one of our speakers, but this was like back in 2015 before he was, you know, the Gary that he is today. So it's just, it was cool to be able to see how it kind of came full circle. And I would imagine you saw, you know, working with all these people that were quote unquote famous at the time, you saw what they were doing and you said, well, I could teach other people how to do some of this stuff as well, right? Because you saw commonalities behind the things that made those people successful. They were probably generating content as we know Gary V was generating content. I knew Gary V back in 2008, 2009 when he was the wine library guy and he was creating little videos tasting wine, you know, and that was what his thing was, right? And that allowed him to get to the next thing and to the next thing and the next thing. So it's just such a fascinating interconnection between radio, TV, social media, video on YouTube. All these things are intertwined because there's there's common themes, I think, that transcend. It's the medium, right, that we're talking about. But the, the thing that we're going to talk about today, I would imagine, would be just as applicable to almost any medium. There's going to be people listening right now that are a little skeptical about YouTube specifically when it comes to leads, right? Because that's what we're here to talk about today, which is YouTube for leads. A big part of the audience that's listening right now is very active on Instagram, maybe TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube is like the last place they think of when they think about generating leads. So what do you want to say to people that are overlooking YouTube? Why should they consider having taken a closer look? YouTube is the only platform that will promote your content to your audience for you, evergreen, and actually pay you for it. It's like owning real estate online. It's attention that you own rather than attention that you rent, also known as like paid ads, and will still serve up your content to your target audience years later. Like I said, mine from 2016 is still generating some of these videos, thousands of views a day, 
that I just made that video once and it still sits there being served up by YouTube as a search engine. And YouTube also, you know, they make money by more people being on their platform. There's things like AdSense where they pay you a little bit of money too. Although for marketers like us, we can make more, more money than from things than more than just the, the AdSense. We can send them into our funnels. So when your videos have a structure to spread your stories and attract and engage your ideal audience, that's what is able to move your audience towards your sales funnel. And this is like winning the lottery every day because YouTube wants your videos to win and rank. And that's so important to remember that the videos that you make tomorrow are still working in your YouTube lead machine years from now. And it's like, it's building a long-term traffic asset. You know, I think you, you really nailed it when you answered this question because you said YouTube is the only platform where they will promote it for you and they will pay you. I mean, some people might be thinking, yeah, but TikTok promotes my videos for me. And I'd be like, okay, that's true, but they're not paying you, you know? And if they do pay you, they're paying you next to nothing. And for how long is a good question. Uh, TikTok will do it for quite a long time. But the difference between what TikTok is doing, what YouTube is doing is these YouTube videos can be much longer in length, right? And, and I think you've really hit on something because so many social marketers today are in this treadmill of just constantly pumping out content. Literally every day they're creating new and original content, right? And it's a lot of work. And what you're saying here is you can create a couple of really good videos that could perform potentially for years for you right? That's just a total paradigm shift. Yeah. And so the content effort that you're making now, why not put it into a platform that's going to be an evergreen asset? Like I, I kind of joked before, it's like turning your videos into an army of salesmen who don't eat, sleep or ask for a raise. They're working for you around the clock. Now here's the, the catch. Not every video you create on YouTube is going to work in such a way that it, that YouTube is going to get it out there to a new audience continuously indefinitely. So that's a great transition into my next question, which is what are some of the big mistakes that you see people making with their videos on YouTube, whether they be entrepreneurs or marketers working for businesses, you know, why are their videos not performing? Because there's some people listening right now that are saying, yeah, I tried that, but it didn't work for me. So what are some of the big mistakes that you think they're making? Yeah, and I can echo that too. I've I've failed forward many times. Some of the first, you can still see it. If you scroll back to the beginning of my YouTube channel, those videos are still there where I titled them, you know, all wrong. I thought I was being captivating, but really I didn't title it for being a search engine or I didn't know where to place the camera. I placed it too low and it looked like my eyes were closed or I was overcompensating with really cheesy jokes and really just, you know, comes back to being yourself and sharing what you're interested in. But the first thing that I'd say is that although I've said, yes, this is a search engine, Sometimes people focus too much on optimizing for search rather than optimizing for a human. And it really still comes down to the quality of your content. And what I mean by that is the delivery of your message in the video, because no amount of SEO will outdo a bad video. Like if, if you're kind of rambling or you're saying things that, you know, isn't really value and also valuetainment, you know, knowing that your audience is coming to YouTube to be entertained and they can binge watch YouTube content the same way that they binge watch Netflix content. So just making sure that we are speaking to the search engine, you know, titling things the way that people are going to search for them and putting tags in your descriptions, all the tactical things that we can talk about, but also just, you know, still speaking to your audience, to a human, being relatable, showing that humor, showing emotion, showing, you know, who you really authentically are. Um, the next thing I say is, is riffing content. When uh, people, like I said, they, they'll turn on the camera and they'll just ramble and they'll just riff on something. 
rather than having maybe a, a structured format, which is going to keep people retained. And that's what YouTube wants is when people are watching your videos and staying on the platform or YouTube is going to serve up your videos to more people. And I'd love to talk more about like some scripting ideas. Wait, I want to ask you a question on this riffing content. I'm just going to play like I'm one of the listeners, <laughs> but my friends, my friends love listening to me riff. Why wouldn't people want to listen to me riff on YouTube? You can still riff on YouTube, but the whole thing is still like, there's a trail to it that you're still leading to something. You're keeping people engaged because I mean, sure, you can look at Joe Rogan. He has a huge YouTube channel and he, it's just talking head, which some people think talking head videos don't work. Look at this guy, like it's two or three camera angles and they're just riffing, they're talking, but they still have a structure to the format and like, you know, milestones of the content that is keeping people watching. Got it. So what I'm really hearing you say is, hey, if you're going to riff, you want to be strategic about what you say when you say it so that you can keep people watching, right? And most people, when they riff, they just don't even realize what they're saying. They just go off on a, on a rant, <laughs> which might sound great, but there's probably a lot of garbage in there that needs to be edited out, right? So, okay. Was there anything other big mistakes that you're noticing? Yeah, this one's a funny one. And I feel like everyone can relate to this because everyone has done it at some point is I noticed that you know, there's trends, there's things that we hear people say, and then it just becomes part of our vocabulary because it just, it, we are immersed in it. It just, you know, we absorb it. But I want to encourage people to not start their videos by saying, hey guys, just popping in real quick. Have you heard that, Michael? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, and I hate to say it, but all my kids do it, you know, all my kids start doing it because they're just echoing what all the other young women are doing on YouTube right now. Right. And it's not necessarily, you know, they're trying to make it sound like they're just amongst friends, but that's not what you're saying. Something that's really effective, right? Yeah. What I want to encourage is, first of all, what I hear just popping in real quick. And again, I say this because I used to do it. And I one time asked myself, why do I say that? Why am I starting my videos by saying I'm just popping in real quick? And I realized that for me, it was because I was like preparing to ramp up in my content or that I like I wasn't prepared. And here's what I want to say. Here's how I want to powerfully show up. Like it's supposed to be hook story offer, not just popping in real quick to hook story offer. It can come off apologetic. Like, hey, I'm just going to take a few minutes. I'm just going to, sorry for taking up space on your timeline. I'll be real quick. I'm just popping in. Don't mind me. Like, no, in your content, show up powerfully. You have a powerful message and there's an audience that needs to hear it. But we also have short attention spans. So if you take three to five seconds to pop in real quick, you might have already lost them. Well, and here's the good news that a lot of people do not know. If it's in your nature to say, Hey guys, just want to bring you something real quick, say it and then edit it out because the good news is you can edit videos. You probably know this, Marley, you can edit any video that's on YouTube by clipping stuff out. You cannot add stuff in, but you can cut stuff out. So you could go back to an old video and you could just cut that section right out. It'll be gone forever. <laughs> and it might look a little weird, but, but you can do that. Right. And why is it so important that we just get right to the point on YouTube in particular? There is so much content that is competing for everyone's attention. And you only have a few seconds to make that first impression. And then it's also about keeping their attention throughout the rest of that video. So that, that first three to five seconds is going to help your audience make the decision. Is this worth my time? And is this someone that I want to invest my time and attention into? Because attention is like, 
that's a scarce commodity and, and more and more now with more social media platforms popping up. Okay. So when we were preparing for this interview, you know, we were talking about how to create video content that people are going to want to watch. So let's start with the first part of your process for creating videos that, that people are excited to watch. Because obviously we don't want to have them, you know, we already talked about how if you just, you know, if you're just riffing, not necessarily anybody's going to want to watch that. If you start with, hey guys, just pop it in real quick. That's not going to work either. So, so what is the process for creating great video that people are going to want to watch that ultimately is setting us up for something that sells? There's two parts to understand here, what YouTube wants and what your audience wants. And there's, you know, where they merge. YouTube wants people to stay on their platform. People on the platform want to be entertained. I like to reverse engineer what to apply on YouTube by observing strategies outside of YouTube. Like what are the other platforms that keep people entertained and engaged? And when it comes to video, I think of things like Hollywood, movies, Netflix, Super Bowl commercials. How do they hook us in with emotion or humor or surprise us by being completely unpredictable in their storytelling to hook us in? So there's a few things that I want to talk about here. Like we can talk about the intro hooks that keep people watching and engaged throughout the video. I have a story selling formula that I love to share. And then also about making the outro, the call to action, but also the intro to the next video, which is what's going to make your videos bingeable. So yeah, I'll start with the intro. So basically, I, I would like to think of things like if YouTube sees that if that people are binge watching your content, like the way that we binge watch episodes of Stranger Things on Netflix, I love that show, they're going to push out our content to more people. So one of the strategies that we do for that is by scripting our videos strategically that they have a powerful hook in that intro, something that grabs their attention, captivates them and tells them why they have to watch the whole video. I also tell you like the next steps with the, the story selling formulas in a minute. But that intro is super important because of the content hooks we need to drop to have them on the edge of their seat. So kind of like the previews that you see for like a soap opera, or if anyone watches The Bachelor, like you give a teaser to some peak moment of drama or the value that raises the stakes for them that they just they can't go on without it. Like you'll see it in the soap opera when maybe the missing character comes back from the dead, like insert gasp here, right? And then it cuts to a commercial break. So that's like you do that in the intro where you can even take like a high point of drama in your video or like the big value put at the beginning. And then you go into the rest of your video. You'll see in videos where they tease that high point before revealing in, in the answer or in, even in how-to videos, they'll, they'll script in a way where they're like, let's say I have a client that does weight loss. And so she'll say something like, hey, at the end of this video, I'm going to share with you how my clients lose 10% of their body weight every month without diet pill shakes or exercise. And hopefully you hear that and think like, wow, I need to watch this whole video so that I can find that out. Or they can say things like, hey, I'm going to share with you my five strategies for growing your business year after year. Um, but number four, number four and five is the most important. If you miss those, then number one through three don't don't even work. So you're like, well, I gotta watch the whole thing. And then it's about entertaining, valuing them throughout the rest of the video with good stories. And we want people to think like, dang, that's a good hook. I'm gonna stick around because I need to know all of this information. And the person who's delivering it is captivating and I resonate with them and they seem likable and familiar to me. The next step, I'm gonna share my story selling formula. And I, I kind of joke around with this. It's an acronym that I came up with. And I, I sometimes at events, I'm like, I brought a special friend with me. You'll never guess who I brought. Um, the acronym is ELSA. So I joke like it's the snow queen. But for these purposes, do not let it go. ELSA is an acronym that stands for epiphany, lesson, story, application. 
So before I create any piece of content, I'm thinking, what's the epiphany that I want my audience to have? Like if nothing else, what do they walk away with? And if I can create that emotion, that epiphany, that's what creates memories. And it's also going to tie that epiphany that, that, you know, overcoming that obstacle in their mind to me. And then they'll want to continue nurturing that relationship with me. So I first reverse engineer, what's the epiphany I want them to have? Then I think of the lesson. How do I break this down into, is it steps? Is it part A, B, C, like whatever that is. But how do I teach the lesson? You know, when we were getting bedtime stories growing up, every story had a moral to the story. We had to share it through a story that, that that's how we tie in the emotions to it. So we give an example. We give a case study. We share our own personal experience. I heard someone say recently, instead of sharing how to, share how I. Because then people can resonate with that and hear your own personal story. You can share your emotions behind it. So sharing a story and then the A is for application. How do we then apply that? How do you give them the next step? Is it do this exercise at home? Is it click the link below? I have a free video series, ebook, webinar for you. Is it go to the next video where we're actually going to implement it together? And so in that story selling, that's what's really creating the connection to the content rather than just riffing. And then lastly, I want to talk about the outro. We want to make the content bingeable. The same way that like at the end of that Stranger Things episode on Netflix, they show you a teaser for what happens next or it ends in that cliffhanger. And you're like, I'm going to show you the next part in the next video. I am filming a video right now about making your content go from, I call it cringy to bingey. And in the video, I talk about content burnout, how to avoid it, systems to implement, to keep the passion alive in your creativity. And in the outro of that video, I talk about my own content breakdown. I stopped creating content for a while. And despite what everyone says, like, you have to show up for your audience, even when you don't feel like it. I shared what was going on behind the scenes because there's power, there's a lot of power and vulnerability when times are hard. And it is important to stay dedicated to your message. But I share that my silence on social media for, for an amount of time led to a huge creative breakthrough. And I actually documented the whole thing. And by sharing my personal story, I hope to help others through their creative breakthrough. So I say, let's start at the beginning. Then I show a little clip of the high point of drama in that video. And I link it in the description, giving off that soap opera effect that you got to stick around to see what happens next. And then so they, they click to the next video. And then that next video has another video that I tell them about. So we, I'm always thinking of how to keep your videos bingeable, repeatable, that it's so good that even watch it twice. And share worthy that if someone was to share this, it would make them look good because the content was so good. It, you know, gave that virtue signaling. I, I'm sharing this with you because I want to improve your life too. Yeah, that was my, that's part of my formula. Awesome. So I love the Elsa story and the concepts of Elsa, just, just to state it again, our epiphany story lesson application. I love the idea of having a real piffy hook at the beginning and having some sort of an outro that gets them to maybe watch another video that gets them continuing to learn. There's some people listening right now that are like loving this, but I think they might be asking themselves, all right, well, what, how do I sell though? Right. How do I actually sell? Because it's true that what we just talked about could be applied to any video. It doesn't have to be a video that sells. It could be purely an educational video, right? So what are the things that we need to do to make our videos so that they can actually help us sell so we can get to the point where we get a qualified lead generation? The way that I look at YouTube videos is that it's like, page one of the funnel. Like YouTube, the way that we talk about it is if content didn't generate a lead or a sale, it wasn't marketing. It was just content. 
So in our content, we are we're considering that YouTube is doing the marketing for us, that we are speaking that sales message. Like, yes, we have a hook, but we also have the sales message where we are speaking to our exact our target audiences, their fears, their pain points, what's keeping them up at night. And then our story that we talk about in the Elsa formula has to be better than their stories, meaning we're overcoming the objections, the stories they're telling themselves in their mind. And in that, we're we're seeding the concepts in the video and we're also able to like subtly mention stories about our clients, stories about us, about how we overcame these things. So if someone comes to me saying like, you know, I don't think YouTube is for me because I have to have like 100,000 subscribers before I can start making any money from it. I have that objection in mind when I'm sharing my stories about, you know, I have a client, he has a church marketing agency. You know, churches are a very small niche audience. How many churches would you think are even in the United States? How many people could he serve? But this client was so dedicated to his message, knowing the huge impact that he could make. His channel has 5,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. And, you know, he has people around him that say, are you so disappointed that you put so much effort into your YouTube channel? It takes so long to film this content and you only have 5,000 subscribers. And he's telling me the story that he goes, bro, no way. I make $110,000 a month from my 5,000 subscriber YouTube channel. So the lesson is that you can't deposit likes and subscribers into your bank account. But when you follow a formula, that's what is going to connect with your audience, even if it's a small niche audience, because as they say, the riches are in the niches. And so I hope that by sharing those stories, it shows the real life examples. It shows whether it's about you, whether it's about a client, whether it's about another story to be able to overcome the stories that they're telling themselves, overcoming the objections that they have in their mind. Okay. So a couple of things I heard you say, when you are telling stories inside of your videos, you want to be real strategic about how you script those stories, the words that you use in those stories, like you mentioned subtly signaling things like my clients or my students or those that attended my conference in my particular case, right? Dot, 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 right? And telling stories in such a way that, well, first of all, the power of a story is that people will listen to a story. The hard part is to tell a story that ultimately persuades people, right? So this is where you talked about overcoming objections and stuff. I know you've created plenty of videos for yourself. Maybe we could break down an example of how you do this in one of your videos, specifically to try to sell whatever you're selling, which is maybe it's your your program or maybe it's your in-studio stuff where you do filming. But And we could just make it up on the fly here, but I think it'd be really instrumental for people to understand how in the world someone would want to watch a YouTube video where I'm actually selling them something, right? (laughs) You know, but how you can do this through story. Maybe you can demonstrate it a little bit on the fly here. Yeah. I have a video on my channel where I talk about the hero's journey. You know, we've seen this in, in so many movies. There's Harry Potter that he gets his letter to Hogwarts and then he crosses the threshold and goes on this call to adventure and becomes the hero of the many seven or eight movies that there are now and how many books. (laughs) And so you watch him on his hero's journey. And so we consider that your audience is going through their own hero's journey. You also consider that your audience to you, you're bringing them along a customer journey. So the beginning of their hero's journey, their call to action, their call to adventure is your invitation, your your call to action and their invitation to cross the threshold. So I did this in one of my videos where I talk about how to make content that is binge worthy, that people are going to want to be able to buy through. And so I share, I give a lot of examples of, you know, all of these different heroes journey and have 
the audience thinking about what's your hero's journey? What's your origin story that got you to where you are? Look at your before and after picture. Your before and after picture, your current reality is likely your audience's before picture, like or, or their current your current reality is what your audience's hopeful transformation is. Their their current reality is your before picture, and so it's showing them the path that you've walked, and then bringing them along that journey. So in this video, I share part of my origin story and how I got to here and like why I do this, and then I share how that's my origin story and that's my hero's journey, and then it's likely resonating with you because you're on a similar hero's journey. And then I compare that to look at all these other, like Spider-Man, The Lion King, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite ones to talk about because you're actually like the call to act is like leaving the Shire. And you know what? There's going to be moments of defeat. There's going to be moments where they refuse the call to adventure because we're human and we need that friend along the way or that mentor like Gandalf to show us the path and know that they have support along the journey and to also tell them that it's normal. But guess what? There are people along the journey who have done it with you. And here's my story. Here's many other stories of my clients who have walked the path in front of you. And this is your call to, to adventure. This is your call to action. Click the link below. Join us in this training. And we'll show you how you can take that next step, leave the Shire and, uh, and get ready for your hero's journey. So I think if we, this might be helpful for us to kind of like take an example of, let's say somebody who, who didn't feel comfortable speaking in front of a camera, you know, maybe that was their before state, right? And the after state, maybe it's one of your students, right? Who's now successfully creating YouTube videos that allow him or her to grow up a big business, right? And maybe the video would be about like how to improve your confidence on camera, seven tips, right? And then throughout these or seven challenges and how to overcome them, right? For example, and maybe what you could do is throughout these challenges, you could share stories of individuals who had those very same challenges, whether they be amongst your students or not, right? Like Mr. Beast is a great example. Go back and look at his very first video, right? Now he's the largest creator on YouTube in the world, right? And it was just through perseverance and trial and error and dot, 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 right? And here's what he does now and here's what he did then, right? And I would imagine you could just tell those stories over and over again so that the watcher of the video could see themselves in the various stories that you're telling. Is that kind of where we're going with this? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And that was a great example because there's there's the people that are so successful now that often you think, oh, that's easy for them to say. They're so big and they have this huge audience. Well, where do you think that they started? You don't always get to see the 10,000 hours that someone put in to become who they are today. You talked about Gary Vee when he was doing Wine Library TV. He didn't have the huge audience that he has now, but he had to do the thousand episodes of Wine Library TV to find his voice, to become that personality that we see today. And so, yeah, giving example after example, whether it's yours, whether it's, you know, big celebrities that you also think, oh, they're larger in life, larger than life. Did they, how did they overcome it? And giving those examples so they can go, ah, people just like me or people that I thought were invincible, they went through this too. And okay, here's the path in front of me that I can say yes to. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that the YouTube video is the top of the funnel, right? This is where a lot of people are gathering interest, if you will. Let's talk about the sales funnel. Like how do we actually move people down the sales funnel specifically utilizing YouTube? Because we're talking about ultimately trying to generate leads with YouTube videos. So connect the dots to how do we go from a video to ultimately getting people that want to do business with us, prospects. In your content, 
you want to use push-pull language. Because as much as we want to be able to serve everyone, if you serve everyone, you'll serve no one. And that was something that was hard for me to to overcome too. Like I, I wanted to be likable. I wanted to, you know, I, I tied my self-worth to the amount of business that I got or leads or money and relationships that I had. And realizing that like your message is not for everyone. And that was one of the big epiphanies to me was, I had a coach once that asked me like, how, what's your closing rate on a sales call? And really average or, or standard is like 10% is, is good. And he's like, well, why not a hundred percent? It's like, well, that's just not how it works. You know, you, you, you serve who you're specifically meant to serve. Not everyone is meant for you and you're not meant for everyone. So in your content, it's also about just being really real on who you serve and who you don't. So giving the example of the client that I mentioned that he serves churches, he serves churches. He can speak to marketing for many different industries. He can make his content just very broad and talk about Facebook ads and funnels and messaging and stuff. But he might actually not reach the churches that he meant to because he's not being specific about who he reaches. Now, he's like known as the go-to YouTube channel and agency and education and coaching specifically for churches because he's called that out and was like, this is who I serve. And I'm okay with turning away who I don't. And that doesn't mean that like, you know, the people that we don't serve, we're leaving them in the dust. It means that they can still get this free content and be called to rise up to it or that they go find who they're really meant for. So in that content, like we call out the kind of people that we serve. So in in this client's example, he's like, hey, I'm I'm from Church Marketing University. I work with pastors that have churches of this size because that's also really important to, to call out. Maybe you work with people that already have certain industry accomplishments. Maybe they have this certain amount of revenue. Maybe they have this size of audience and calling that out and then inviting them to take that next step with your sales message of here's the problem I help people overcome. Click the link below. And we want to give them something of free or very minimal financial value, financial uh, investment, because people will make a financial investment based on the previous value that they got for free first. So the YouTube video is really meant to like give so much value away. And then the next step is come into the funnel where we can then sell the implementation that's going to get you there faster to that result faster. Okay. So I want to narrow in on this particular thing. So in the video, presumably near the end of the video, but I'm not sure exactly where we place this, where there's a resource that is in the notes below the video, right? Where all the the, the text is typically what kind of a resource is inside of that and how does that process work a little bit? There's a variety of different resources you can use. You can do eBooks, you can do downloadable PDFs, you can do video series, webinars, even just let people get right onto a strategy call or sales call with you. Ideally, you want it to be something that you can scale if you are going to be offering one-on-one calls. Hopefully you have a team behind you that can support that and you know that it converts and does really well. Um, So we want to provide value and, and in that value that we give them, we're showing them here's the next steps of how we can help you to implement that. So for example, in a, an ebook or a PDF, it can be showing them parts of the implementation and then have a call to action to buy this course or get on a call for a coaching program and show them like, here's how to implement it faster with our help, which really, if you've provided a lot of value up to this point where they've gotten that value for free and see the value in investing to get to the result faster, it's, it's an easier purchase decision. Webinars can show, show the, the what and then you sell the how. And then ideally, we're just we're providing value in a way that like they it's it's irresistible to say no to, because if we've shown the case studies, if we've overcome the objections with our stories 
And then we're leading them into the funnel that's specifically speaking to their problems. Like the business owner, the business that can speak to their audience's problems the clearest, that's the business owner that wins. If I am on a sales call or I'm on a funnel and I feel like this person knows my problems and they like they're describing what's in my head exactly. I don't even need to know yet what they're selling for me to feel like take my money because I know that you know my problem. And because you could, you could describe it so well, I know that you know how to solve it. So where do you promote this in the midst of your video? Because I've seen some videos where it's right in the middle and they say, I'm going to talk about this, but first, and then they tell you their little thing. I've seen other ones where it's at the beginning. I've seen other ones where it's at the end. What's been your experience? What do you recommend as far as the placement of such call to action? I like to test all of the above, but there's different ways to deliver it at the different times in the video. So if you're going to deliver it near the beginning, when you know that your watch time is the highest, that people haven't trailed off or clicked off, I like to do it very subtly so that I'm not like wedging a commercial break in the middle of this video without giving enough value. I like to make it very subtle. So if I'm like, hey, I'm going to show you how to lose 10% of your body weight every month without diet pill shakes or exercise, which by the way, at the end of the video, I'm going to share with you the thing I've linked below, which is going to help you implement that. But let me get to this first. Ah, I love that. So that's like a little tease. Do you even recommend putting those little links up at the top if they wanted to go click on it right now? Do you know what I'm talking about? I forget what they call those on the YouTube videos. Yeah. Or even just like in the video edit that you have like a little arrow pointing down to the description. Yeah. Just anywhere you can visually show, like that's the direction of where it is. Okay. And do you also recommend doing a a little commercial in the middle of the video, or do you prefer to like save that to the end or what's your thoughts on? Cause if you teased in the beginning, that something is coming and you've even said what it is, is that all you do or do you actually do something else? So we have something called engagement breaks. Engagement breaks are when in the middle of the video, kind of like how I talked about that high point of drama while things are still exciting and people are, are still hanging on they're on that cliffhanger. I like to do a little engagement break where you can say, so if, if I'll keep just using this weight loss example. Now, before I share with you the strategies of how we have our clients lose 10% of their body weight every month, I just want to ask you, hey, would you mind subscribing to this video? We put up videos like this every week and I want to be able to help people like you. I would appreciate if you share this with more people because you know it helps me get the word out. I want to make that engagement break really quick and simple. I actually have clients that are so funny that sometimes they'll make the engagement break really humorous. I have this one client that goes, hey, um, now before I share with you how to make more money from real estate, would you please hit that subscribe button? It really helps my self-esteem. And he just, he makes it, you know, light and friendly. It's not like I'm begging you to subscribe. What we do is we pop up a little animation on the screen so we don't even have to say it. You know what I mean? So, so literally we pop up a little animation that says right after a real good nugget of information was revealed. If you love this video, hit the subscribe, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. But I'm more focused less on the engagement break and more on like the promotion of the lead to get them into the funnel, right? So when you actually make the commercial for the free offer of the resource or the ebook or the webinar, let's say we follow your strategy early in the video to just subtly mention it. When we want to mention it a little bit more aggressively, do you recommend doing that at the end of the video or in the middle of the video? Or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. And that engagement break in the middle can also be the little like stop for commercial for the thing, but we still want to make it quick because they're going into the next bullet point of, of value. But if we are going to wait to the end of the video, one of the things that I highly recommend and that I see people miss a lot, this is another thing that we see on YouTube is they'll get to the end of the video and go, Hey, thanks so much for watching. I hope you liked it. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe. And thanks for telling your mom about this video. And by the way, I also have this free thing that I made for you. They're already gone. 
Because when people start to feel that the video is ramping up, when you've already done the, hey, thanks so much for watching. I hope you like this. Boom, they're gone. They're not going to stay around for the, the little goodbyes. They're not obligated to. So I just go straight from the last point into the call to action without, without ramping down or feeling like we're, we're closing the video. Just go straight into it. And at that point, yes, you can spend more time and you can, you can even spend like a whole minute on the commercial about that. Give me the opening of your pitch at that point. Let's just hear how it sounds. Um, okay, let me think. So in that point, let's say I'm talking about my YouTube channel. So I just finished talking about like the hero's journey and the customer journey. And guess what? This is something that you can easily implement for you that your YouTube videos can be the entrance to your customer journey. I have a full training on it where I actually break down the four parts of our YouTube lead machine system. Click the link below and you can get that and immediately start turning your content into long-term traffic assets. Do you recommend if that's the ending of the video using an end card to promote the thing or do you recommend mostly doing it inside the the comments and I mean that whatever you call that text body for the YouTube video section? So I'll like I'll keep the video on me full screen while I'm talking about the the call to action. And then my 20 second end card, which you can do on YouTube, the end card, you can either put a still image, you can put a video there, and you can put little clickable hyperlinks there that can bring you to the next video or bring you to to the subscribe or anything. I like to have that last 20 seconds. For me, I put them often as bloopers and my audience has gotten used to my bloopers, which I also think keeps them around to the end of the video. So I'll either put a still image with maybe some text on the call to action to, to click below and I'll have the arrows, or I put bloopers and then still have arrows to like, hey, click link below to get my four-part lead machine. But you're using the cards to promote other videos, presumably. You're not using those to drive traffic to your website. Other videos and the subscribe button. Got it. Okay, cool. Marley, this has been really, really helpful. If people want to find out more about the services that you offer and or they want to reach out to you on the socials, what's your preferred social platform? How do they get you there? And then also where do you want to send them if they want to learn more? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Instagram or YouTube, look up Marley Jacks. My username there is Marley Jacks. Check out some of our videos, my Instagram stories. I always try to be a stand-up comedian on there and just have fun on there. And I respond to all my messages. So feel free to, to reach out there. And then I also mentioned our four-part YouTube lead machine formula. So people can go to VIPleadmachine.com. And folks that are listening on the audio side of things, Jax is spelled J-A-X-X. You probably wouldn't have known that. So Marley, Jax, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 542. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.